How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. Today, we're going to be talking with my new friend, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan's the owner of Montgomery Companies and is a highly regarded performance coach and keynote speaker whose clients include business executives, sales organizations, and entrepreneurs. From small town Iowa to a dominant force in the performance coaching industry, Jordan travels the country speaking and coaching executives at Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, and salespeople. In addition to his work speaking and coaching, Jordan is an accomplished business leader who has managed top performing sales teams in the financial services industry. He brings the energy and some great tips. You guys are going to love him. Today, we're going to talk about what it takes to be truly successful, whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional athlete. We're going to talk about the importance of human connection in today's world. We're going to dig into some tips for being a leader for your kids and as a parent. We're also going to talk about how to handle stress and still perform at your peak. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my new friend, Jordan Montgomery, on the show. Jordan, welcome to the party. Xander, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, an honor to hang with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I'm excited to dig in. I think uh, you know this is going to be a great episode. You bring the rain. You bring a lot of energy, so I'm excited. Uh, but before we dig into to, uh, you know, some stuff around peak performance, uh, living a, a full potential, living your full potential. Could you tell me a little bit about your story for everybody out here that doesn't know Jordan? Yeah. So just to, uh, by way of background, uh, own a coaching and consulting firm right now. It's a full scale coaching and consulting firm with my wife. So the big business is that she, uh, the big joke I should say is that she runs the business and I run my mouth. And, uh, hey, I'm right there with you. you know, me and my wife do the same thing. You feel that, right? So it just kind of yeah. works out. Um, but by background, I'm from small town, Iowa. I grew up in Kelowna, Iowa. It's the largest Amish community west of the Mississippi. Went to the University of Iowa, graduated, got into finance, uh, had a career in finance uh, up until about five years ago. Pivoted into the coaching world, actually started the business on, a si on the side. Thought it would just be something small that I kind of did in tandem with my financial services business. And uh, got open some doors. One thing led to another. And um, here we are, you know, several years later with the full scale business. Uh, we coach primarily salespeople, 
executive leader types and athletes, um, mostly in the realm of leadership development. So mindset, communication, self-awareness, situational awareness. A lot of the work that we do is around EQ. And we have 10 coaching partners. uh, And this is what I do kind of all day, every day. So do a lot of keynote speaking, group coaching, individual coaching, and then uh, manage our team and make sure that uh, we're growing the team and we're leading people in as many ways as we possibly can. Love it, man. Now, I definitely want to dig into... Uh, you know, the, the peak performance mindset, sales, EQ, all of that sort of stuff. Cause that's stuff that, you know, I'm hugely passionate about. Um, but obviously being somebody that, uh, works with a ton of coaches here at high impact coaching, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, uh, you know, what it really takes to become successful as a coach. I mean, you were successful in finance before now you've got a, a you know, booming coaching and consulting business. I was in, I was in the tech world before I was in Cisco, uh, you know, now we've got high impact coaching. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe, you know, what are the what are the you know couple of tips or a couple of things that really allowed you to excel in your business? Well, maybe a lot of people actually struggle with that. Yeah. Well, first off, congratulations on all your success, brother. I mean, just in doing my research, and I know our relationship is new, but you've obviously uh, led people at a very high level, and you've managed to scale and grow a business that's serving and impacting many people. So just want to say uh, congrats on all the success. Yeah, I can, I can say the same to you, man. <clears throat> well, it's, uh, it's first off, it's a privilege to be able to lead and, and, um, and to coach. I think actually, maybe my answer sounds a little bit backwards, but I think if you're going to position yourself as a leader and, and somebody who leads people or coaches people, I think you got to be really good at following. Um, I'm always following. So I'm always learning. I'm really making sure, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm growing. I'm positioning myself around people who really challenge me, who call me upward, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So yeah. I think as a coach, number one is you got to be con- committed to continuous improvement. That's really important. And then uh, I think a, a real desire to, to love people and care for people. You know, you got to be more interested than interesting and ask great questions. I think the answers you get are only as good as the questions that you ask. And so a lot of my day is spent asking questions. I think a lot of times people think coaching is all about giving advice and providing the answers. I think a lot of times it's about caring for people and asking questions. And so trying to, trying to understand a situation. Yeah, in person. Totally right. Seek first to understand. Um, and so I've been guilty of, you know, wanting to give advice before I really fully understand a situation or before I fully understand a person. So we're just big on relationships and really getting to know people, being really interested in the folks that we work with, and then also making sure that we're uh, continuing to grow as as people, as leaders, so that uh, we've got the right stuff to give. I love that, man. I love that. So, and the, by the way, these are all things that I talk about a lot. I love the fact that you're talking about being a good follower first to be a good leader. I always, I always tell people, like, I actually didn't ask for this. I didn't want to be the face of a company. Right. I, I, I'm really passionate about learning. I'm a really passionate student. I just happen to be good at taking what I learn and then re-delivering it to other people. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what le- allowed me to be a leader, but it was a follower and a student first. Right. And that's yeah. really what it came to be. So I love, I love what you're saying there. So let's talk about, let's talk about the salespeople, the executives, the, the athletes, the high performers that you work with. What are some of the keys to helping somebody really perform at the highest level? What are some of the things that you focus on? Yeah, I think we have a fundamental belief that all great things happen in the mind 
first. I think it was Robin Sharma that said it first that everything happens twice, first in the mind, then in reality. So we're really big on having a growth mindset, making sure that our athletes and our executive leaders are really trained in their mind. Just like we take physical reps, we got to take mental reps, got to make sure that we're preparing our mind, working on our mind. Uh, I think I think growing our mindset is a daily thing. Sometimes we treat it like a flip, uh, like a switch that we flip. Um, but it's yeah. something I think we really got to work at. You know, it, it, it's well, you kind of you kind of just mentioned it's like a workout, right? Totally. Like, you know, you can't if if you if you want to go do if you want to go squat three hundred pounds, you can't just walk into the gym and put three hundred pounds on your back and flip the switch and you can do that's it. That's right. Yeah. Go. Come on, man. Yep. That's good, Xander. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's something we got to really work at. So I'd say, you know, for us, it all starts in the mind. And then a lot of what we do is around communication and relationships. I think at the end of the day, you know, unless you're a really introverted uh, engineer or you've got some entrepreneurial business where you don't deal directly with people, for the most part, most of us are in the human connection business before we're in whatever business we're in. So if you're in the real estate yeah. business, you're actually in the connection business first. If you're in the finance business, you're actually in the connection business first. If you're in the logistics business, you're in the connection business first. So if you're dealing with people, if you're in the people business, you are in the human connection business first. So we spend a lot of time on self-awareness, situational awareness, emotional intelligence, communication, connection, and understanding the world around you. Uh, I think it's a huge part of performance. And it's a huge part of living into your potential. How can how can people be better at connecting? I think, you know, I, I always tell people in we're in a connect a connected world, but you know, quote unquote connected world, but we're also more disconnected than ever. How can someone get better at connecting with other people? My answer is gonna sound really simple. Kind of a theme here. Most of my most of my answers are pretty simple. It's uh, probably simple, but putting it into practice. Yeah, well, there's a big a difference story. between, you know, knowing and doing, right? And common sense isn't always yeah. common practice, which is part of the coaching work. You're helping people do things that they inherently know, but they're not living out. So I think part of it is we want to be you-centered as leaders instead of me-centered. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, I'm real others-focused. I'm, I'm you-focused. Okay, naturally, nobody is you-focused. Like, there's not yeah. a person on this planet that just... As much as we want to pretend we yeah, are, we're just not, even, right? even, we're not. even when we're, see, when we're you focused, it's actually because it's going to bring us something. Yes. And, and here's the deal. It's okay to admit that, right? Like that's the whole point yeah. is we have to work on that. Like my two year old yeah. daughter is inherently super duper selfish and the space between what she thinks and what she does is like zero, you know? So we were all born that way. We're all, we were all created to think about ourselves. And you know what? We still do that. As adults, we still wake up and who do we think about? We think about us. So here's what we try to train salespeople in and leaders in and even athletes in is like, if you really want to grow and you really want to be great with people, then we first have to understand they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Dale Carnegie said a person's favorite sound is their own name and their favorite topic is themselves. So we spend a lot of time on, you know, what does it mean to be a you-centered leader? Like what's the practical application of someone who is you-centered? Because people aren't yeah. thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. And in, in today's world, attention is currency. So if you want to keep somebody's attention, if you want to be impactful, if you want to grow relationships and really connect at a high level, you got to make sure you got their attention. You said, and you said something earlier that I think ties to this really well. It's about being interested, not interesting. 
right? Because if you're interested in them, if you're interested in their story, what they have to say, that's you centered, right? That's it. Got to be more interested than interesting. Everybody loves to talk about themselves. So I think if you could ask a lot of questions, if you keep the focus on them, um, and, and, and we're intentional, right? We're not, we're not just doing that just because like you're, you're intentionally interested in who somebody is and what they have to say, then yeah, I think you're set up for success in terms of building a quality relationship. I love that. And I want to, I want to go back. I want to go back one step too, because you mentioned something that I don't want to, uh, uh, let go too far. Cause I want to give some people some actionable steps here. You, we, we talked about the mental workouts. Right now, I've watched some of your videos and I've seen some of the motivation and the energy that you can bring, which is top notch. And I love it. Um, so I'm guessing you do some some mental lifting yourself. What what are some of the what are some of the I guess what are some, you know, what are the mental squats that people can be doing? What are the what are the things that, that you might advise your peak performers to be doing on a daily basis or a weekly basis to build that muscle? So my friend John Gordon taught me this. He said, you can either listen to yourself or speak to yourself. And if you were in my house, if you were around me during the day, you'd probably think I'm a crazy person because I literally walk around Xander all day long. And when I'm not on calls or I'm not with a group, I'm just talking to myself. I talk out loud. Maybe that sounds weird, but I'm not afraid to admit it. Like if I'm going to be a coach who coaches others, I also have to coach myself. Yeah. And when you externalize words, it's super powerful, right? Words create worlds, thoughts become things. So if we just sit around and listen to ourselves, what are we going to be filled with? We're going to be filled with negativity, right? Because we're thinking negative thoughts all day long. 80,000 thoughts a day, 75% of them are negative. So if I'm just sitting around listening to myself, I'm probably not going to be super positive and I'm probably not going to be super abundant. So I'm going to speak to myself. And here's the crazy part, right? I'm not always in control of what I think. I've got crazy thoughts just like everybody else, right? All of us know we got some crazy thoughts day in and day out, just part of being human. Yep, hate hate to break it to everybody. We all have crazy thoughts. It doesn't get better when you have a bigger business or you have (laughs) a nicer home or a nicer car or a great wife. You still think all the crazy shit. That's right. You just do, right? Again, part of being human. You just think some crazy stuff. So if that is true, that we all have crazy thoughts, and I'm not in control of what I think. I got to remember, I am in control of what I say. And ironically, what you say drives much of how you think. So the first pro tip that I would give to somebody who wants to really wants to grow as far as a, a mental rep, growing your mindset, is be careful with your words. Be thoughtful about yeah. your words. Really think about your speak. Words create worlds. Thoughts become things. We want to externalize what we internalize when it's positive and when it's life-giving. So we spend a lot of time speaking out loud the truth yeah. in, in positivity and love. So, so that, that would be something you know, that we're really committed to, Xander, as far as a, a mental work. I, I, I love this, by the way, especially the fact that we're telling everybody to go talk to themselves and look like a crazy person because <laughs> you got to be a little bit crazy to be successful. Um, what like, so I, I normally tell a a lot of our clients, there's like, there's two words that we don't allow for the exact same reason that you just mentioned. We don't allow the word try and we don't allow the word can't. And we always tell people the most powerful words in the English language are whatever follows I am, right? If you say I am worthless, you're worthless. If you say I am successful and confident, you'll be confident and successful. Is there, is there anything specific that I, like, I'm, I just envision you walking around the kitchen, your wife and kids like staring at you, 
Like, what are you, what are you saying to yourself in those moments? <laughs> Man, I, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, I, you know, like our girls are so used to it, Xander, that they don't think it's weird. I mean, it's, it's, it's that weird that it's your friends think it's weird, but they don't. Think <laughs> That's right. Anybody else think it's super weird. It's actually bad and crazy, yeah. but in our house, it's so normal that like, I just, so like, I'll give you an example. Yesterday I'm preparing for a speaking engagement. Sometimes it comes in the form of, of speaking. So yeah. a lot of times I'm practicing for, for a keynote or I'm practicing new content. So it's almost as if I was coaching or I'm on a coaching call, but I'm just really kind of saying it to myself. But it's yeah. sort of how I get into the zone. So I'm talking about my habits. I'm talking about it's, my- It's like a mental rehearsal almost. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a dress rehearsal. That kind of, a, you know, and it's, and it's also practicing my craft. So it's kind of a two for one. Um, and I, I feel like I get to cheat a little bit because I'm, I'm a public communicator for a living. I was, I was going to say, yeah, your job is to actually motivate. So you get, while, while practicing, you get to motivate yourself. Yeah. So, but sometimes it's motivating the fridge and sometimes you got to motivate the couch and <laughs> sometimes it's the kitchen sink and, you know, it, uh, it just depends on the day, man. But, um, but I would say it, it has been a game changer in my growth and development. When I'm on and I'm speaking words of positivity, I feel like I'm pretty hard to stop. I love that, man. I love that. I want to I want to dig into uh, a little about a little bit more about you personally because I'm always I'm always super interested in you know high performance people and successful people. Um, you mentioned your kids. What do you do? You guys do you do anything special to when it's raising your kids to help them make sure that they're going to have the best upbringing? They're going to have a positive mindset. They're going to you know be be uh, you know good and creative and whole and happy. Like, is there anything that you do with your kids? I know we have a lot of parents that listen to this podcast that I think that'd be super helpful for. Well, I love the question, Xander. And I also think the role of a parent is unique in the fact that it's the only leadership job no one will ever have but us. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I lead my clients, but so, someday somebody else will be the CEO and somebody else will be the coach. Somebody else will be the community leader. Like somebody else is going to replace me in every single part of my life. Um, except dad, except dad. Yeah. So, so I just appreciate the question. Cause I think as parents, I mean, it's like, that's a, it's a special role in life. You know, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's a privilege to be, to be dad or to be mom. So for us, you know, part of it is example, right? More is caught than taught. And so I hope that for my kids, what they're learning from me comes through my example. Now there's little things that, you know, we're, we're fairly particular about. So our uh, our evening routine is we read with our kids and we read from a devotional. Uh, you know, we're people of faith and that's important to us. And I think it's the greatest thing that I can impart to, to my children is, is my faith and want them to know, you know, who they are and want them to know, you know, uh, where real and true identity comes from. And so, you know, that that's a big part of our work with our kids is just helping them with that side of their life. Um, the other thing I want them to know about mom and dad is that we're human and we make mistakes. So like in our house, we say, sorry, we ask for forgiveness. Um, we try to prepare them for, you know, real life situations, disappointment, conflict. Um, they see mom and dad fight, but, but we always got to circle back with them, right? If they see us have an argument, it's like, Hey, here's why we had the argument. We need to ask for your forgiveness. Um, sometimes it's even like, here's what led to that conflict. Here's how mom could have, you know, or here's how dad could have handled themselves differently. Treating, treating them like adults. Yeah. We try to expose them to certain things that they're, um, they're ultimately going to expose to later on in life and not in like a, um, 
we don't want to overexpose them, but we do want yeah. to uh, to prepare them for the real world and feel like we've got a responsibility to um, to do that well. And so, yeah, I'm just giving you a couple things that we do with our kids that maybe not everybody does, and, and we're not perfect. You know, I'm sure there's a lot more that we could do, but uh, hopefully, it's it's our example um, that that is that is really teaching our kids. You know, and when we're not the example, we got to be quick to say, "Hey, I was not the example today." Would you forgive dad for not being a good example? I, I owe you an apology. No, oh, I love that. Yeah, don't worry. I'm taking notes for when me and Maddie are having our first one running around. Um, no, this is super helpful. You so you also mentioned you also mentioned your evening routine. Now, uh, you, you you talk a lot about focus. You talk about ritual routine. Um, what are what are maybe one or two things that you do in your evening or morning that most people don't do that really allow you to perform at such a high level? Well, I'm highly relational. And so I get my energy from people and I love connecting, um, early in the morning. So it sets me on fire. If, if I get to shoot off a few messages of, of gratitude, it's a game changer for my day. So that's one daily discipline that I'm super committed to. It's almost impossible to be anxious and grateful at the same time. And so I, you know, three people a day, I just shoot a, a message out. Usually it's a long winded voice text. Sometimes it goes three minutes and it's like, this is why I appreciate you. And I try to focus on the who instead of the do. So it's not just about what somebody's doing, you know, but it's really about who they are. So like if I was talking to you, it'd be, hey, Xander, I appreciate your, your energy. You've got some real God-given giftedness when it comes to working with people. I love your smile. I love the way you lift others up. Like we've spent hardly any time together and I can already tell that about Xander, right? Like you're just a... Yeah. Energetic. And I'm, I'm loving this. My, I love words of affirmation. So I'm, I'm digging this, man. Yeah. I'm like, this is my new best friend we got over it's here. True, it's true though, right? That's who, that's who God created you to be. That's like, that, that's just part of who yep. you are. So, um, you know, for me, that, that's a, that's a game changer in terms of my daily routine. The other one's exercise, you know, physiology affects psychology. So I try to be active and really take care of my body. And, um, I'm not perfect in that, but, uh, on the days where that happens, I'm always in a better spot mentally. Um, and then just quality time with my family. You know, I want to be dad first, be a husband first. Usually if I'm filled with gratitude, I'm taking care of my body and I'm taking care of my family. Um, I'm in a good spot and, uh, and I feel like I'm living life on purpose. I love that, man. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so obviously we're focused on peak performance. We're focused on living your full potential, having a great life. Uh, but life's going to throw boulders. Life's going to throw curveballs. Life's going to give you roadblocks. How do you how do you handle and cope with with stress and uh, and roadblocks and things that get in your way? Well, I think if you want to be the next Xander Fryer and grow a really big old, you know, you want to do something significant. You want to grow something significant. You want to impact people in a significant way. I think one of the one of the realities that we need to accept is that your life will be stressful. Period. You're never going to escape yeah. stress, right? Like you're never going to escape conflict. You're never going to escape tension. So instead of asking for a less stressful life, I think we need to ask for more meaning in our lives. Instead of trying to avoid stress, let's just lean into the things that really give us purpose and meaning. So for me, that, that's my faith. It's my walk with the Lord. It's spending time with my family. It's getting around people that I love and care about and you know, I, I can handle stress as long as I'm connected to those things. If I'm connected to the Lord, as long as you have that meaning, as long as you yeah, have that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the stress. Like, what am I stressed about? I'm stressed that what, that like 
we have too many like good problems in business. Like there's people fighting wars. There's people living in third world countries. Like we got to keep it in perspective. Um, we have, we have champagne problems. And so, you know, part of it's perspective, but part of it's also just living a life of meaning and purpose. And when you're doing that, then I think you can handle the stress in a different way. Anything, I want to ask you a question. I know it's your podcast, Sander, but how, how would you, how would you respond let's to do that? it. Let's flip, let's flip this yeah. script. So, man. So, how, so how would you respond to that? I, I think I would actually say the exact same thing. You know, one of the things that we tell all of our clients, uh, I think it was Dr. Kelly McGonigal did a Ted talk on it. And she, what she found, there was a study that was done. Uh, everybody believes that stress kills, right? And Dr. Kelly McGonigal from Stanford uh, spent about, you know, a, a dozen years telling people that stress kills. And then she realized she was wrong. And there was a study that was done that found, uh, they studied 60,000 people here in the US. They asked them whether, uh, whether they lived a high stress life or a low stress life. And then they asked them whether they viewed stress as a bad thing or a good thing. And then eight years later, they tallied who died. And what they found was you were 43% more likely to die if you lived a high stress life only if you believed stress was bad for you. Mm. If you believe that stress was good, exactly what you were talking about. Stress creates growth. Stress creates uh, stress pushes you. It's, you know, if you want to achieve anything great, you're going to have to put tension on yourself emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, but if you believe that stress is good for you because it creates growth, you're actually 9% less likely to die. So stress doesn't actually kill you. The belief that stress is bad is what's killing people. So I, I always remind people of that. Um, so it's less about avoiding stress, just like you mentioned. It's about what are some of the tools that we can use to handle stress? I think your perception of stress is one thing. Um, I think there's a lot of tools that people can use, meditation, breath work, cold therapy, uh, working out physically. You know, there's so many different, different tools that we can use to actually handle the stress as we realize, hey, we should probably actually be piling a little bit more stress on just learning how to handle it better. Man, I love that perspective. And thank you for saying, uh, thanks for sharing that study. I'm going to use that. It's fascinating. Sure. Yeah. Um, you can take great. it, man. It's not great. mine anyway. So good. Kelly McDonald, it's her TED talk. So good. I love it. That's great. Really good. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, you're. I, I love a lot of your perspective on things. Obviously, in the world of entrepreneurship, um, there's there's almost always some form of of connotation around success and money. How much money you're bringing in? Um, I, I want to ask you. What do you think is maybe one or two things that is, you know, will always be more important than money? Well, again, for me, as a person of faith, it, it, it all starts there. So for me, it's, uh, it's my belief in, in God. It's my faith. It's my belief in, in Jesus. I think at the end of the day, like for me, that, that's where life, you know, starts and ends. And so um, if I'm staying connected to the vine and that's at the center of my life, usually things work out. And that doesn't even mean that my, my circumstances work out, but it means that I can trust, uh, I can trust that God's got me with my future, you know? Yeah. Um, I also think- can I, can, I dig, can I dig into that a little bit? Please, please. So I, you know, I, I love talking about faith and entrepreneurship because I, I think faith can be a taboo topic for a lot of different people. Um, but what I've found is pretty much every successful person, every successful person at least that I've met, you know, in my circles has some form of faith, 
right? Whether it's a belief in God or a belief in Mother Earth and universe juice or like higher dimensional aliens that that understand. But there's but there's a faith that there is a there's a higher power and that higher power has our best interest in mind, mm. right? Because I think being successful, being successful requires doing different mm. and doing different actually requires being illogical, right? So if we're always living a life that's illogical or if we're always living a life that's logical, we'll never be successful. And you have to have some form of faith to do the illogical, right? Mm -hmm. have, you, have you kind of found that to be true or what would you say to that? Yeah, I think faith allows you to, um, to stay grounded. You know, for me, it, it keeps yeah. me grounded. It helps me to remember, like Jordan, you are not in control. Um, you're yeah. also not as good as you think you are. And um, I love that. And you're, and, and you're desperately in need of grace, you know? Um, so I, I think that's what really keeps me connected, Xander. Like, I'm in need of grace. I'm not as good as I think I am. And I really want to be humble. And, and here's the other perspective that I think is really powerful. Um, and I learned this from John Maxwell. I think Maxwell was telling a story. This, this really struck me. He said when he was young, um, he had a mentor that pulled him aside. And he said, John, you're starting to get a lot of praise from people. And, you know, I can tell, right? People are starting to, to really see your giftedness come to life. I mean, you're really motivating big crowds of people and you're starting to get a lot of pats on the back. And he said, I want you to remember this, that when, when people are praising you, they're not praising you. They're praising the gift inside of you. Right? When you're getting a standing ovation, they're not really giving the standing ovation to you. They're giving the, st the standing ovation to the gift inside of you. They're not, they're not admiring you. They're admiring the gift inside of you. They don't know you. What they're admiring yeah. is your gift. And the gift you have is bigger than you. Yeah. Right? It wasn't designed for like you to build your own kingdom or everybody look at me like, Look how amazing I am. No, like I'm actually a pretty broken dude who's got a lot to learn, who has faults and issues. Um, boy, if, if, if somebody wants to put their faith in the Jordan Montgomery coaching program that I've got all the answers, you're going to be incredibly disappointed. Um, I think I could be a conduit to helping people find the answers. You can be a vehicle. I can be a yeah. vehicle, but, but I am not, you know, I'm just not that impressive. I, I'm just, I'm just not. And so... I think faith also keeps people grounded. It keeps things in the right perspective. Um, and I, I need that desperately in my life. I, I love that. I think that's so powerful. Uh, we had one of my good friends, Zion Kim, on a few weeks ago. And one of the things that he said, I, I think is really aligned with this. He said, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think they have a mission. They think they have a, a vision that they need to accomplish. And the reality is they don't have the mission. The mission's got them. Oh, it's good. Right. That, yeah. That, and, and, you know, basically what he was saying is, you know, when, when people identify as having a mission, that's the ego, right? That's, that's you thinking you have this mission, but the reality is it's, this is a much bigger mission and it's got you. And as soon as you become a servant of the mission, or kind of like if you, as soon as you become a servant of the gift, that's when everything starts to change. Yeah. That's so true. I, I love that. It's powerful perspective. And it's, yeah. it's true, right? I mean, I think the minute that life becomes about you is the minute your potential is, is stopped. You know, I just, yeah. you, you just can't be a level five leader and, and have true impact if, 
if you're making things about you. At some point, your growth is going to be stunted. I love that. Dude, one last question for you, man. Uh, this has been great. I, I think there's a lot of stuff here. One last question. I always got to ask this being the shit you don't learn in college podcast. What's one thing that you wish you learned in school? Wow. One thing I wish I learned in school. That's great. By the way, I love the name of your podcast. It's so it's catchy <laughs> and, and different. Um, you know, I think, I think I, I think I wish I think I wish people would have um, encouraged me to take more risk. Like, I feel like I had to learn that on my own. I'll, I'll just quick story. Um, seventh grade language arts class. Uh, I wanted to try out for student council. And so the teacher asked, she's like, hey, anybody want to, you know, try out for student council? And I remember raising my hands, Andrew, and like, I, I kind of hung out with the athletes or like the jock crowd. And I, I got teased for raising my hand for that, right? Like, apparently that was like a nerdy thing to do. I don't know. I thought it sounded yeah. cool. I'm like, we take field trips, like we had to skip, you know, <laughs> class for certain meetings. Like, but now you're being judged. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. But I, but I could feel the judgment, right? And I remember feeling silly, like, why did I raise my hand? And I'm getting teased. And, but when I think about like the beginning of my leadership journey, it was seventh grade in Mrs. Allen's class. And it was raising my hand to say, yeah, I think I'd like to do that, even though other people don't think it's cool. Like, it sounds cool to me. And, I took some emotional risk and I think the opportunities that yeah. we create are a direct result of the emotional risk that we take. And I wish I would have been more encouraged to do that because every good thing in life happens on the other side of fear. And, um, I learned that, you know, far later in life, but for anybody that's young, who's listening, I, I think, yeah, take more risk, take emotional risk, lean into fear, do the things that aren't popular, uh, do the things that scare you. You know, I wish I would have had more people challenging me in that way at a young age. And, uh, and I learned it over time, right? And I'm still learning it. But um, there's one thing I wish I would have learned in school. It would have been that. I love that, man. That's beautiful. Jordan, this has been absolutely stellar. Thank you so much for the time today. I think our audience is going to get a ton from this. I've gotten a little bit myself, especially around how I'm going to look forward to raising my kids. Uh, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the number one Amazon bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. Jordan, where can people learn more about you and get more of that energy in their life? Yeah, our website is montgomerycompanies.com. So go to our website. I'm probably most active on Instagram. And uh, this has been a real honor, Xander. I know many people listening are already following you, but... I just want to give you a shout out, man, for the way that you've built your brand. Uh, you stay focused on others. You're a giver. You have big energy. I loved uh, listening to a couple of your podcast episodes before we recorded this conversation. And you got something really special at a young age, man. So your future is super bright. I know you're going to have a supersized impact. And uh, what, a, what a joy it was, man, to spend a little time with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show, Jordan. I appreciate it. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton.